Hi, this is Tom Compton of We Hold These Truths. You're listening to the Unheralded News and Review and Pharisee Watch, brought to you by We Hold These Truths at whtt.org on the web. Each week we look into the events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's Pharisee Watch and Unheralded News, we have a New Year's message here entitled, Try Peace for a Change. What a novel concept. This is a piece by Chuck Carlson, founder of We Hold These Truths, and I think it has some basic fundamental tenets that we all need to reflect on. We seem to be addicted to war here in the United States, as we've said many times in the past, we are a war-based economy, and we are continually looking to start pick fights with people around the world and meddle in their affairs. Leslie, would you read for us Chuck's piece here? Try Peace for a Change by Charles E. Carlson. Where is the hope for world peace now that the season for singing Peace on earth and mercy mild, Christ and sinners reconciled, and joy to the world the Lord has come is over. Political candidates are competing for the votes of so-called Christian Zionists who are in mass supporting the war maker's goal of bigger conflicts in Afghanistan, Iran, Syria, Sudan, Somalia, and Gaza, and any place Muslims live. Note that all of these countries, with the exception of Gaza, have small populations and rich natural resources. The outcry for peace that fueled demonstrations a few years back has sadly faded. It seems the banker warmakers have stamped out all resistance to their war-based economy. The call for jobs, tax reform, home financing, and even concerns about the shaky states in Europe dominate financial news. Peace has become a non-issue. President Obama is trying to make it appear that he has fulfilled his 2008 promise by bringing home the occupation force from Iraq. This is a sham, for it appears that 8,000 troops are not coming back but will remain stationed on Kurdish territory near the Iranian border. Worse yet, a huge number of incredibly expensive non-military mercenaries, a private army in every sense, are staying in Iraq. They are no doubt there to control the corrupt government installed by the U.S. The people of Iraq have no peace. It is likely that President Obama does not himself understand the continued occupation or who is pumping Iraq's oil. He, like his opponents, is too caught up with the election to unravel the facts he is fed from the Pentagon and central bankers. In America, war is too important a business to be entrusted to the president. As for the Republicans, Dr. Paul seems to be the only one who understands the war-based economy and how it is financed through the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. The rest of the Republican candidates have accepted the wars as a given. The 
war media is ignoring the move toward new wars and playing down the old ones. Failure to link the corruption of the bankers with the serial war-making has diffused the protests against Wall Street, leaving Occupy Wall Street a fractured and confused movement. We seem to live in the land George Orwell described in his novel 1984, a kind of political science fiction. It was once read and acceptable in the U.S. because the economics it taught was wrapped around a Soviet or communist ideology that we thought was un-American. But today, this book portrays the here and now. In Orwell's book, The Implementation of Control Over the Entire World Population is accomplished by dividing the global land area into three nation-states, all under an invisible world order that is left to our imagination. The three states constantly battle with each other to keep the population controlled and anesthetized, The war is arranged and administrated somewhat like perpetual NFL playoffs, where at any time two of the states are in a contrived war with each other, while the third rests and rearms, awaiting its turn to take on the winner. Our war-making machine is focused on the Muslim Middle East. Syria, Libya, and Egypt are in shambles. Egypt's popular revolution seems to have stalled because the ruling clique still runs the Egyptian central bank, which controls the money supply. The Egyptian revolution leaders forgot to occupy the central bank and arrest and send the bankers to jail. A good lesson for us. Israel has openly stated it is preparing to again invade Gaza this time expected to murder or jail all those associated with Hamas, no matter how many families it has to destroy. The excuse for Israel's second invasion of Gaza is Mahmoud Abbas's play for meaningless statehood. Poet Jonathan Azaziah has dubbed Abbas the Israeli donkey because he carries the load for Israel. Abbas has asked the United Nations to declare Palestine a state, but one without borders, an affront to every sacrificial life lost in quest of peace. The U.S. and Israel should both be happy to accept this state without boundaries farce, which will then be an excuse for Israel to murder anyone connected with Hamas for the proclaimed purpose of unifying Palestine under Abbas. The donkey will go home with what appears to be a state, but isn't, and with renewed U.S. financial aid to cement his authority, shame on the schemers. This is the reality of this moment. Who can fix it? Only God, with a little help from those who want to. Orwell wrote his book in 1949. The tide of war has risen from that time to this, And the awakening is coming not because of the horrors of war as much as from the accumulated cost of war we all must bear. The wake-up call is the economics of our war-making era. Someone like Ron Paul might start the needed revolt in motion, 
but no one man can sustain it against the architects of the war-based economy. A moral revolt does not require an honest president or an enlightened majority. It does require an honest and moral and determined public minority. It calls for a different kind of miracle, and this is the season for miracles. America has more churches, synagogues, mosques, and Christians than any country. Christianity stands for brotherhood in love. Jesus is the peacemaker we sing about at Christmas. Those who are war makers cannot be Christians or Muslims. So what is the problem? We have the votes for peace, do we not? No, right now we don't have the votes or the resolve for peace because about half of the voting Christians have been captured by the war-worshipping cult called Christian Zionism. Our website teaches about it. When its grip is broken, as it will be, America will again try peace for a change. Amen to that. Well said. There's some basic truths that we all need to reflect upon. Chuck, do you have any comments? Well, yeah, there's always a, a added moment. I, I mentioned in that a few days ago, Ron Paul. Today he received endorsement of a former White House CIA operative. That's very rare. And he, this was the man who was in charge. His name is Michael. I think it's Scherer. He, he was in charge of tracking Osama bin Laden. And he talks about this very thing, the race for war. And he talks about the active measures being carried out today to cause war in Iran. And uh, among the things, he made this a very bold statement in the endorsement of Ron Paul because he said Ron Paul was the only candidate who legitimately understands the need for peace. And he said that uh, the United States had been involved in the murder of several nuclear scientists in Iran. And he, and he said that very mm. plainly and bluntly. Uh, these these scientists have been killed recently, and, uh, every, and there's been speculation about who was involved in it. Israel has been suspected. Interesting situation because guy who came out and endorsed Ron Paul was uh, is very unique because he had this history of CIA work. Uh, I don't know if there's a double triple meaning to that or not. We also had a rush in the price of oil today. This is uh, the third day of January. And it didn't take long for the price of oil to get back up to $100 a barrel or uh, very near that. It's uh, $4 a barrel today. That's a huge increase. And this rush in the price of oil is over published, well-published news that uh, the United States is sending an aircraft carrier into the Straits of Hormuz, where Iran has, of course, said stay out of our waters. And so this is a challenge essentially and again it's a it's a face down conflict um, uh, that could lead to uh, an incident and seems to be pressing for an incident so we're on the verge of war and that's why we did this paper try peace for a change and hopefully others will join in the call for peace there won't be any change without peace chuck no peace without right peace. because we'll just keep keep continuing what we've done. And Chuck's point here of the piece about the president 
having only so much power because there's so much, so many special interest groups and forces in play that unless the president is a really strong character, it's going to make a difference. It seems like they get their backbone after they leave. For example, Jimmy Carter and what he's done uh, in the effort to try to broker and bring about peace in the Middle East, particularly in Israel. And he's suffered all kinds of slings of arrows of of, uh, hatred thrown at him for his efforts. Here in my little town in Colorado today, there was a big newspaper report that one of the biggest employers in town just got a huge aerospace contract of some kind to make some new weapon system. And there's generally rejoicing because people are saying, aha, business, business, jobs. But, of course, Mm -hmm. they're unfortunately war jobs. And uh, people, we all have this tendency to uh, forget our our, um, moral attitudes when uh, it's our job that's being created. So that is why the war-based economy works, because... When these war jobs are created, there are people that benefit, and then these people have a tendency not to say too much about war. It's a sad case. It certainly is a vicious cycle, is it not? Uh, I remember there's a a play written by Heinrich Ibsen, and uh, it was performed when I was in college some many years ago, but it's about, it's called Enemy of the People, and it's about this resort town in Norway, I think, I don't know where Ibsen was from. He was from somewhere in uh, Scandinavia. And they had these mineral waters that had supposedly restorative powers. Well, this doctor found out that they were actually had counter effects. And so he, when he exposed this, of course, he was denounced as an enemy of the people. And we see that... (laughs) All the time, anybody like a Ron Paul who speaks out against wars is almost made out to be one of the favorite things, of course, is he's an isolationist. And, of course, no one man is going to solve the problem here in the United States. We can That's the problem I think we've had for years. The Republicans think the Republican guy is going to solve it, and so the Democrats say the same thing or think the same thing. But the fact is we get wars whether we have Democrats or Republicans. So what's wrong with this picture? The war machine's already in place. That's right. Michael Shearer, who I mentioned, his name is spelled S-C-H-E-U-E-R, or Shore, that would be more likely. Michael Shore, remember that? 22-year veteran of the CIA, and he was the unit chief. He was the bin Laden unit chief for the CIA. He probably figured out what a phony chase the chase for bin Laden was. And he said, Tel Aviv and London are already conducting a lethal cover action war inside Iran, which is killing Iranian nuclear scientists and destroying the nuclear-related facilities, as well as trying to go Tehran, Tehran into reacting with violence and thereby giving the West a cautious bell eye is. I have to apologize. I don't know what a a cautious belly is. Belies. Belies means undermine. So I said that it was the U.S. 
that was doing this, and he and he correctly stated that it was Tel Aviv and London. Of course, we're not far behind. Where they go, we go. <laughs> well, that's right. Israel is just our proxy to do these dirty yes. stunts. All right, that's our report for today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. And please visit our website, whtt.org. You will find a wealth of information and resources like the latest Pharisee Watch and unheralded news articles. Also, you can order our new video, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Even though this video is copyrighted, we don't mind if you copy it as long as you copy all of it. Then you can educate your friends and acquaintances about the dangers of Christian Zionism. Start small, think big, and press on toward the straight gate.